Hi, this is Jovi. And this is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed, Bed Crime, Crime Stories. Stories. This is a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and we take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. I almost forgot to say the bed crime stories with you. I don't know. I don't know if you picked up on that. But... I did. I noticed you were a little delayed, but I thought I was going to just chalk it up to it being Zoom. No, no, it was me. Yeah, it was it was a thousand percent me because yeah. like I kind of get in my own little world for mm-hmm. a second after I say you're listening to and I was like, oh, shit, I got to talk to you. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. There's that. It's all right. Hello, Charlie. Hello, Jove. What's going on, man? Uh, not too much. I'm enjoying this beautiful weather that we're having here in yes, Florida. Yes, me too. Me too. Um, and I'm going to enjoy it. And I know you are too. We are going to enjoy it the best we can because apparently next week during the week, it's going to be back up into the 80s. Yep. And then on the weekend, it's going down again. So like, I'm actually okay with it being warm during the week. Me too. I actually agree with that completely. Yeah. And then the weekend, because I don't like leaving the house when it's stupid hot. Mm, Like today, I was like, oh, good. I have errands to do. This is the perfect day to do it. Mm -hmm. So I got my ass dressed. I went out. I treated myself to a Starbies. Starbies? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's hot. I know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just great. It's just great. I just mm-hmm. love cooler weather and I know you do too. So. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I like, I got up this morning and I immediately put on like my yoga pants and a nice big sweater or sweatshirt and I'm like super comfy Um, and it's delightful. It is. It's great. I just love this weather. It's, it's what I have the windows open. Mm-hmm. Um, Rainy wasn't here. Oh yeah. She's laying on my comfy actually but mm-hmm. um rainy's loving it just mm-hmm. it's just everybody's happy and you know what? i don't even happy. care that the sun's not out like fuck the that's sun. actually better it is better. better it is better and i know you guys are thinking and whenever we talk about cooler weather you're like but you live in florida yes we are aware mm-hmm. but remember we were born in the northeast so Correct. cold weather runs in our blood Yes. And it makes me happy. I, uh, I definitely miss it. I was talking to, talking to people this week at work and, uh, I don't know, we just were chatting about whatever. And I was talking about how much I love the cold weather. Uh And I was like, I just, I miss the snow and blah, blah. And all these, they were like looking at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, you have to remember Mm -hmm. that I left, I left New Jersey, like just as I was 21. So like, yes, I had a couple of years where I was driving in the snow and like dealing with it as an adult, Mm -hmm. but not much so like to me i still very much equate snow with like snow days and Mm -hmm. snowballs and and sledding and fun stuff correct so yeah and honestly like i know i came down a little after you but like if it snows that bad don't leave your house like you don't yeah like i get it some people i know some people don't have the luxury but right yeah but honestly i don't think I don't know. I think people make it a bigger deal than it is. Cause mm-hmm. like, I know when I was still living up there and when it would snow bad, I would call out and I'm like, I'm not driving in this. Yeah. I'm sorry. sorry bad luck. Like I value my life and right. I'm sorry. Selling shoes at Payless doesn't include, <laughs> you know, it's true. Yeah, no, mm-mm, not my thing. Not yeah. my thing. Your BOGO at Payless is not worth my life. Thanks. Correct. Yeah. And yeah, no, definitely not. Good times. So what do you, are you watching anything fun? Am I, well, I, mm, 
I'm trying to think. I I know I watched something and now I can't think of what it was. Um, but it'll come to me. But in the meantime, I am still watching Goldbergs um, nice. to have that nice laugh in mm-hmm. between. Um, but other than that, no, nothing true crimey. Mm-hmm. I really hope I remember what I watched because it's going to freaking bother me. You're going to be doing your story because it is your turn tonight. And I'm going to mm-hmm. be like, oh, <laughs> so I'm going to apologize in advance because that's going to happen. Right. Sounds good. Yeah. So what about you watching, listening? You no, know, I, I, okay. So like I actually, I spent a decent amount of time this week recommending really good true crime stuff to people. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a girl I met this week at work and we started talking about, cause she was talking about um, like a local crime that she like was interested in learning about and stuff so Mm -hmm. we're chatting about um crimey things and i was giving her like a list of all of my favorites so she was like yeah i just got a free trial of hbo and i was like oh let me give you a list so i was like low country about the murdoch murders Mm -hmm. murder on middle beach Mm -hmm. um the vow because joy yes um yes yeah So I gave her like a good list of of things to watch. Um, Mommy Dead and Dearest. That's another mm-hmm. good one. So yeah, I was giving her a list of of my favorite HBO docs. Nice. And yeah, and then like just for me watching, I'm not really watching anything true crimey. Uh, my sister's coming over later tonight. We're going to continue the new Criminal Minds mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then I've been kind of just binge watching One Tree Hill not shocked not surprising <laughs> well because i i listened to the um drama queens podcast which is um the girls from one hill doing like a rewatch or whatever right and i was doing very good at only watching one episode a week so i was like <laughs> watching it with them mm-hmm. and then i just kept going and now i'm like <laughs> now i'm almost i'm i think three seasons ahead of where i am on the podcast so i'm like all right i'm an idiot but whatever but this is gonna it. you're gonna finish it and then you're gonna watch it again anyway yes yes, yes that's exactly yeah. what you're gonna do because and you know you of course exactly and then my bedtime book i just started reading prince harry's um biography so oh, how is that so far? um so far it's good i'm only like a couple of chapters in because of course i read it at night before i go to bed so mm. i fall asleep pretty much right away mm-hmm. but um it's good so far um i love me some prince harry yes. so um yeah so far so good there it is yeah that's it that's my uh my entertainment that i've been enjoying very nice Mm -hmm. very very nice i i could appreciate all of that you beep beep yes but now with that being said Mm -hmm. i believe you have a bed crime story to tell us about today nope that's it bye guys oh yeah okay No, yes, I do. Hey, that makes my editing job easy. Yeah, so, you're right. Hey. You're like, click, 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 done. <laughs> the end. Okay. Yes, I do. So um, I do have my true bed crime. So I don't know what that was. I have true my bed, bed crime? crime story for tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm titling this one, The Mystery of the Murder of Robert Wone. Oh? Yes. So my sources for this uh, episode are Wikipedia. A Guardian article by Arwa Mahadwi. Mm-hmm. A Medium article by Carter Covington. Oh, okay. Okay. So, let us begin. Let us pray. Yes. Let us pray. <laughs> it was almost midnight on August 2nd, 2006, when a 911 call was made in Washington, D.C. The operator was told that someone was bleeding in the house. 
When first responders arrived at the upscale row house in the Logan Circle neighborhood of the city, they were stunned by the scene, and Robert Wone, a 32-year-old successful lawyer, was the apparent victim of a tragic and mysterious crime. Oh, boy. Yes. So, Robert Eric Wone, born June 1st, 1974, was a fourth-generation Chinese-American from New York City. He was raised in Brooklyn, New York, and he graduated valedictorian of his class at Xavierian High School. Oh, look at him go. Mm-hmm. He attended the College of William and Mary in Virginia as a James Monroe Scholar. So James Monroe Scholars are the most academically distinguished undergraduates at William and Mary. Less than 10% of William and Mary undergrads receive this prestigious designation. Wow. And that's a direct quote from the William and Mary uh, website that's like really fucking impressive mm-hmm. wow. he graduated from william and mary in 1996 and then he received his law degree with honors from the university of pennsylvania law school in 1999 okay he oh, then shit. served as a law clerk yeah i mean soup's, soup's impressive yeah mm-hmm. he then served as a law clerk to judge raymond jackson of the federal district court for the eastern district of virginia Robert later worked in commercial real estate law for six years as an attorney with the Washington, D.C. law firm of Covington and Burling. Mm. As part of his public service responsibilities with the law firm, Robert served as general counsel for the Organization of Chinese Americans or the OCA. Okay. On June 7th, 2003, Robert married Catherine Ellen Yu and the couple lived in Fairfax County, Virginia. In June 2006, he left Covington and Burling and was hired as the general counsel for Radio Radio Free Asia, which was headquartered in D.C. Okay. Robert was very active within the Asian American community, supporting organizations such as the OCA Mm -hmm. and the Museum of Chinese in America. At the time of his death, he was the president-elect of the Asian Pacific American Bar Association. Well, shit. Mm-hmm. just oh my god like accolade upon accolade upon accolade. right Correct. that's amazing that's mm-hmm. i wish that i could be a person like that i'm just lazy <laughs> same same like i think about it and i'm like oh that would be so amazing and i'm just like it also sounds real i'm tired just thinking yes yeah. yes exactly exactly, exactly. Yeah. on the night of his death robert had worked late in the city um And rather than making the long drive back home to Virginia, he was going to stay at a friend's house in the city. So Robert met Joseph Price, who owned the row home back at William and Mary, and he, too, was a high powered lawyer in D.C. Mm -hmm. Joseph lived uh, with his domestic partner named Victor Zaborski and another man named Dylan Ward. The three lived together as a family in a polyamorous relationship. Okay. Robert arrived at the residence around 10.30 p.m. Around 11 and 11.30 p.m., the neighbors reportedly heard a scream. Victor had made um, a 911 call around 11.49. So the call that I had mentioned earlier came in just before midnight that evening. Okay. Quote, we had someone in our house, evidently, and they stabbed someone, he told the 911 operator. She asked if they were bleeding, um, and he said, yes, quote, someone is bleeding in our house. But, okay. Which I, just seems very like a cold way to answer that question. Yes. And they all knew each other, though. Correct. 
So that's a weird thing. Somebody's in here bleeding. Someone is bleeding in right. our house. It's very much like he's getting blood in our house. Correct. Like, it's like, dude, like, correct. You know this person and he's bleeding. Yeah. Exactly. Like, even if he may not be your BFF, be like, my acquaintance right. is in the house. Right. And or he's like, bleeding. my boyfriend's friend was staying with us and he's, right. he's bleeding. There's something happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. He's bleeding in our home. Very, yeah. very cold. Very cold. Yes. Paramedics arrived within five minutes of the call, followed shortly by Metropolitan Police officers. Mm-hmm. When the police arrived, they met the three residents of the home who all looked to be freshly showered and wearing white bathrobes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Police stated the residents all seemed eerily calm. Mm-hmm. They, quote, found the three residents calm behavior unusual. None were screaming or even helping to direct the paramedics. Mm hmm. Red flag, red flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the paramedics, Jeff Baker, looked at the body and found what he saw to be odd. Quote, it looked like his abdomen had been wiped, kind of like you wash a window. According to court papers, a second paramedic described the scene as very wrong. Quote, she saw a large hole in the victim's chest big enough to fit your finger into, but there was no blood whatsoever on the victim, on the floor, or anywhere in the room. So this is not the room where it happened. You see what I did there? Yeah, I do see what you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, it it's okay. was it's okay. there. <laughs> so the paramedic, it appeared that Robert may have been, quote, stabbed, showered, redressed, and then placed in the bed. That's weird. Joseph Price called Catherine Wone, Robert's wife to let her know what was happening robert was transported to george washington university hospital and he was pronounced dead at 12 24 a.m august 3rd wow yeah so quite quick succession within two hours of his arriving at the home he was dead right that's weird according to dylan ward's attorney detectives who interrogated the three housemates on the night of the murder informed them that they were the main suspects in the case and asked many sexually charged accusatory questions the police searched the house that first night and turned up an assortment of unusual sex toys that looked to the detectives to be more like medieval torture instruments okay which i mean let's not yuck people's yums no um, and I know it was the early 2000s, but still, like, I think the idea of there being, like, three men in a consensual polyamorous relationship was probably, like, odd to them. Correct. At that so time, they, yeah. it seems as though they're, like, purposefully making it about that. hmm So don't love that. No. Don't Same. love that. It's giving gross. Correct. Like, don't judge. Don't Correct. judge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at first, they believe Robert was involved in a sex game that got out of control. The police did come around to the fact that Robert was not gay or bisexual and that whatever had happened to him was against his will. Yet there is no evidence of a struggle. Within two weeks of the murder, police publicly allege that the crime scene had been tampered with. Investigators spent more than three weeks. Yeah, I know it's kind of like, no. <laughs> Um, investigators spent more than three weeks examining the row house in detail, quote, removing flooring, pieces of walls, chunks of staircase, the washing machine, and even sink traps. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So they weren't fucking around. They were they literally were... pulling up everything that blood could have went down or just yeah. everything and anything. Right. Wow. In an affidavit filed to get a search warrant for Joseph Price's D.C. law firm, um, they alleged that the area around Robert's body had been cleaned. Mm-hmm. The pathologist's report came in with evidence of needle marks 
to Robert's neck, chest, foot, and hand. The police concluded that Robert had likely been given a paralytic, but there was nothing detected in his blood. Interesting. So it's a lot of like, this could have happened, but then this. Right. This could have happened, but then this. You know, it's very that. The pathologist report also said that the blood vessels in Robert's eye had burst, which is an indication that he may have been suffocated. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. The victim was found wearing a mouth guard he used to prevent his teeth from grinding at night, so it suggested he was likely getting ready to get into bed when he was attacked. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Three, right, exactly. Um, three months after Robert's death, Joseph Price's own brother, Michael, and an accomplice named Phelps Collins broke into the row house, and they took more than $7,000 of electronic equipment. The two men were charged with burglary, but those charges were later dropped. In 2007, it was revealed that they had been preparing to make an arrest in Robert's case, but that the burglary had derailed the plans. Now, mm. that doesn't make sense to me. No. Because there's no, there's nothing making it seem as though the burglary would have had anything to do with the murder. Correct correct so like why would it have changed the circumstances of making an arrest i feel like they used it as a as an excuse uh, yes very right. much so yes they've never revealed the name of the person or persons that they were going to arrest or what they would have been charged with so like really i don't understand why the burglary would have derailed a seemingly unrelated murder case but yeah whatever i digress. i mean we're we're not we're not cops we're not the authorities yeah so yeah okay whatever <laughs> exactly uh, whatever in august 2007 the washington post reported Catherine wone was frustrated with the lack of progress in the case and she criticized the fbi crime lab quote i would has, too yeah yeah quote <laughs> it has been trying it has been trying at times as we continue to wait for the fbi to complete their analysis of all the samples that were taken over the course of only one year the case had been transferred to three separate prosecutors why i don't know it's it's interesting um because there just seems like they gathered all of this evidence and then they it's like they did nothing with it right like they had it it was all there and then nothing that nothing that makes it's no sense very whatsoever. strange mm -hmm. yeah catherine retained the services of attorney eric holder to pursue the case now eric holder once worked with robert at covington and burling and he goes on to then be, to he goes on to become the U.S. Attorney General under President Obama. Oh wow! Yes. Well, shit. So not exactly a slouch when it comes mm -hmm. to being a lawyer, right? On the first anniversary of Robert's death, Catherine holds a press conference, her first public comment since her husband's death, mm -hmm. to appeal for public assistance in finding the killer. Mm -hmm. During the press conference, Eric Holder publicly pleaded with the residents of the row house to provide additional information, saying, quote, you need to ask yourself, have I provided police with all the information that I know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In October 2008, Dylan Ward was charged with obstruction of justice. He had since moved to Miami-Dade County, Florida, and was living in a home that was also owned by Joseph Price. Interesting. Yeah. A month later, the two remaining housemates were also arrested and also charged with obstruction of justice. So all three men, same charges within, what, two months of each other? Mm -hmm. All three men were later released pending trial, but um, they were subject to electronic monitoring and curfews. Okay. 
In December, the three men were also charged with conspiracy. In the same hearing where this charge was was put out there, mm-hmm. um, the electronic monitoring and curfew restrictions for the three defendants were ended, and the prosecutors announced the possibility that charges related to tampering with evidence would be filed in the future. The arrest affidavit filed for Dylan Ward showed that investigators concluded the men were not telling the truth about what happened. The report stated, quote, the evidence demonstrates that Robert Lone was restrained, incapacitated, sexually assaulted, and murdered inside 1509 Swan Street. And there was overwhelming evidence, quote, far in excess of probable cause that the men had obstructed justice by altering and orchestrating the crime scene, planting evidence, delaying the reporting of the murder to authorities and lying to the police about the true circumstances of the murder. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Correct. Correct. However, lawyers for the three accused men call the affidavit speculation, innuendo, assumptions, and irrelevant inflammatory comments and maintained that all three of the clients were innocent. I mean, I get that that's what they get paid for, but come on, bro. Like, come on. Officials believe that a knife similar to one missing from a set in Dylan Warren's bedroom would have been consistent to the wounds on Robert's body. And they speculated that a knife from the kitchen had been smeared with blood and placed near the body to throw off investigators. Wow. Yeah. So that, that, sh- <laughs> that was yeah. obviously planned. Like, mm-hmm. come on, bro. Mm-hmm. Allegedly cadaver dogs found blood residue in a dryer lint trap and in the patio drain, which detectives believe may be ev- an, Maybe evidence that someone washed themselves in the back patio area and then dried wet clothes in the dryer. Mm-hmm. On November 25th, 2008, Catherine Wone filed a wrongful wrongful death lawsuit against Price, Zaborski, and Ward, largely based on the released police affidavits. The lawsuit alleged that the defendant's negligent failure to rescue Robert Wone after he was injured, defendant's destruction of evidence of Robert Wone's murder, and the defendant's conspiracy to destroy evidence and obstruct the police investigation into Robert Wone's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, the suit was settled August 3rd, 2011 for an undisclosed sum and agreement. Hmm. Yeah. In April 2009... Prosecutors disclosed that two emails had been drafted on Robert Wound's BlackBerry at the time when prosecutors believe him to be dead. Oh, yeah. An independent criminal law attorney noted, quote, the defense will argue that this is consistent with their claim that the murder happened quickly by an intruder. And it was not a long drawn out effort to sexually assault Wound before he was killed, as the government is alleging. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But okay, (laughs) Yeah. Hearings in the conspiracy case began on June 17th, 2010, and concluded without any of the defendants testifying on their own behalf. Okay. On June 29th, Judge Ann Leibowitz found each of the three men not guilty of charges of conspiracy, obstruction of justice, and tampering with evidence. Now, now the judge states that she personally believes that the men knew who killed Robert, but she was not convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that they committed the offenses they've been charged with. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. So it's one of those things of like, do I think they did had something to do with this? Sure. Yeah. But does the evidence prove, prove beyond a reasonable doubt that they did? No. Yeah. And that's kind of what she's saying. Yeah. I don't agree with it, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Robert's death is one of the most mysterious homicide cases in Washington, D.C. history. 
Multiple organizations have established scholarships and other memorials in Robert's name, including the Virginia Department of Social Services Robert E. Wone Award for Exemplary Service, the annual Robert E. Wone Judicial Clerkship and Internship Conference, which rotates among the D.C. area law schools, Mm -hmm. including Georgetown University, American University, Washington College of Law, and the Howard University School of Law. There is a workroom at the Organization for Chinese Americans headquarters named after him. Hmm. The Robert E. Wone Fellowship of the Asian Pacific American Bar Association Educational Fund. There Hmm. is the Robert E. Wone Scholarship of the OCA's New Jersey chapter. Hmm. The Robert E. Wone Memorial Trust administered by the Community Foundation of the National Capital Region. And the Robert E. Wone Clinical Fellowship at the University of Pennsylvania Law School, including a room in the law school civil practice clinic. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe that maybe that is their way. I, I don't know. Like, all this kind of seems dirty. It seems dirty. Well, it seems dirty, but I ha- but as far as, like, the things that are placed there in his honor, I think is really beautiful. And it's a testament oh. to, like, the type of human being that he must have been. I No, no. I, I absolutely agree. But... Mm-hmm. My comment had nothing to do with that, but like, right. I don't know, like, this is all fishy. This mm-hmm. is all very fishy. I feel like people were in on it and just, they did, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It could just be me building up a conspiracy in my head, but I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of the outcome with this at all. Mm-hmm. On October 22nd, 2011, family and friends gathered at Barksdale Field at the College of William and Mary to dedicate two benches and two Chinese pistache trees in Wone's memory. The plaques on the benches read, quote, rest a while, enjoy, well, rest a while and enjoy the wonderful world around you. A reference to one of Wone's favorite songs by Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful World. Oh, that's beautiful and sad. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this case is like, first of all, I... I I've been doing a lot of un uh, unsolved cases recently, mm-hmm. and I'm not actually a really big fan of unsolved cases because they frustrate me. Yes, and this one I just is very is very frustrating because it seems as though it should be simple to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. But it's like I said before when I was talking about the evidence, it's like they gathered all of this evidence and took it, never took it far enough. Right. Like they gathered all the evidence, but then never went to a point of being like actually saying how the evidence fit. They never like tested it right. They never whatever. Right. And it's it's very much, in my opinion, like a failure of the system and of the investigation, even more so than anything else. I could absolutely agree with that. Like, where was the disconnect? Right. Why why didn't that happen? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, no, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, well, damn. I hope they find they get a answer as to who did it, and mm-hmm. just that's terrible because he's he was such a smart and active man in society. Mm-hmm. Like that's a yeah. shame. Like he was do he was doing good, right? And like that just is it's sad. It's really fucking sad. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. It's like was it done in jealousy? because right and it's like you know i don't i don't know the whole thing is is in agreement with that judge you really don't know like does all the evidence point to something like super sinister and suspicious having happened sure yeah but at the same time it might not have right and if it really was that quick and 
like, could it have been somebody who was trying to break into the house and happened upon him and something happened, you know? Right. Right. So I don't know. I just, I don't know. And I think also what, what kind of throws me off is the call and just what was said. Yes. Like I I don't, that rubs me the wrong way. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and I honestly think because that's one of the first things you said that I've had that in the back of my mind the entire time. I'm like, these fuckers did it. Mm-hmm. I think they did it. I think that they know people and they paid people off. Like this is again, the conspiracy that I'm building in my head, mm-hmm. but I'm sorry. That's just, that's a horrible, I don't know. I don't, mm-hmm. this is a fucked up case. <laughs> yeah, It's a really sad one. I hope they get answers soon. I, I truly do. I agree. I truly truly do like we can't afford to lose people like that in this world we can't we need things are shitty man we need good people like that yes people with drive and you know they want to do something they want to accomplish things like let them be let Mm -hmm. them be don't kill them please yeah Just, just don't just don't well, damn. Well, thank you Charlie for sharing that story with us you're welcome I personally have never heard it so thank you you're I feel I feel edumacated. Mm-hmm. Um, with all that being said, apparently that's my favorite saying because I say that a lot on this with podcast. That being, said. <laughs> being said, so I apologize. If you have any story suggestions, if you want to share your theory on what you think happened, if you want to share us some of your animal pet pictures awesome please do and you could send that to bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com mm-hmm. uh, you can also slide up into our dms on the stagram mm-hmm. which is at bedcrimestories please like rate review subscribe on any whatever platform you're listening to us on um mm-hmm. or you know if you want to go the extra mile you could go on all the other platforms and do the same thing mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I do have a quick Instagram update. Oh, yes, please do. So remember last week we were talking about our listener that sent us pictures of her fur babies, Kanye. Yeah, and Pete. yes, <laughs> yes. So we got a message from her on our Instagram. She has created an Instagram for Pete and Kanye. She said, hello, thank you so much for the shout out. Inspired us to share our love with the world to make it a better place. Yes. Uh, love you both. No idea what we're doing on the Insta, but we'll figure it out. So there is now an Instagram account for Kanye and Pete um and it is pete loves kanye so it is a profile uh with all the pictures of pete and kanye snuggling and being cute oh um, i love that and you all should go and follow pete and kanye yes so pete please. loves kanye yes i love that and you know what we should mm-hmm. actually share one of the posts in our story mm-hmm. that way uh we get them yeah do that now okay so the at is kanye loves pete and then she has the name as Pete Loves Kanye. Okay. <laughs> but yes, I'm going to share one of the photos on our story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way you guys can can take a look and share in the love of, of Pete and Kanye because they're yes. freaking adorable. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. They really, really are. Oh, I love that. Pete's little toe beans. No. Oh, so cute. Oh, Bubby. So cute. Very, very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, go, go like and follow (laughs) um show them the love because they are adorable they're adorable yes make sure to uh, tell a friend tell your dog 
you know mm-hmm. they like listening to podcasts too yeah our- both of our dogs are currently right next to us sleeping listening mm-hmm. to us uh mm-hmm. talk about murder so apparently it puts it puts pups to sleep so if yes, you're having a crazy dog day you can just put us on and they will fall asleep to the dulcet t- sounds of our voices yes yes they will yes they will we will say this as much as we possibly can and all the time please be kind please be the band-aid it's you just gotta do it you ju- you just you just have to do it it's not mm-hmm. that hard just smile if you know what i get it it's peopley outside and you don't want to be bothered fine but just smile at people mm-hmm. you don't you don't have to do much more than that and that could really change a person's day or a outlook on that person's day because they woke up on the wrong side of the bed or what have you mm-hmm. um so yeah be kind we hope you guys have a great day, night, weekend, all that fun stuff. We'll see you all next week. Mm-hmm. But until then, sweet, sweet dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.